0: Welcome to the Milt Talk Legacy Builders podcast, a place where Milt can connect to one another to inspire, motivate, and collaborate to continue to build a strong and well-connected alumni association. I believe that the Milton Hershey School rebranding is actually just getting started, and I want to be part of that journey. I think the best way to commemorate Milton and Captain Hershey is to start our own legacy that impacts the world as Milton Hershey so impacted us. I believe the level of extraordinary that each and every milt carries within them is deeply underestimated, and this podcast will help in the journey to show off what milts are really made of. I'm excited to get to know more milts, more insight to their upbringing, what they're doing now to build their legacy and bring value to others, and what being a milt really means to them. Today, I'm speaking with Maria Scavella Little, class of 2003. Mia joined Microsoft in 2018 and is currently corporate counsel in the digital crimes unit. Prior to working at Microsoft, Mia was an Arabic and digital network exploitation analyst with the US federal government. Mia has more than 15 years of industry experience in both the private and public sector. One of her goals is to use her knowledge and experience to help the private sector and the US government navigate the intersection between national security law and emerging technology. Mia is a board member of Legal Hope and a huge advocate of pro bono work that aids victims of domestic violence incredible story to say the least Mia and welcome to the Milt Talk Legacy Builders podcast thank you so much for being my guest thank wow you. wow wow yes so <laughs> talked about this a little bit earlier before I started recording my first question to you is when did you first get to Milton Hershey oh
1: so I think I got to Milton Hershey in sixth grade so starting middle school okay yeah that was and how I believe you? that was it I think I was 11 or 10
0: Okay. Yeah. I got there in six. I was 10. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's so funny because before, before even jumping on the podcast with you, like when we were communicating back and forth, I still didn't know that we were in deer park together. Like once we jumped on and you told me that today, that was like the first I even remembered that we were in in there together. So thank you for reminding me of this (laughs) my, what was that seventh grade year for me? So was yes. that your first, that was that your sixth grade year while I was in
1: um, seventh grade? Seventh grade, It definitely was. Yeah.
0: Wow. And you have better memory than I
1: do. That's, nuts for yeah, sure. It was amazing. Yeah. It definitely left an impression. Like I was so happy to meet you that year. It was amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah. I know. I honestly, some of the stuff that you said inspired me so much because I didn't know that and I didn't know that to that degree either and that makes me feel so good because it reminds me of the impact that we all have on people whether we know it or not like so many people have actually now in adulthood told me about like remembering how I used to flip the shoes over and I could (laughs) I honestly could tell you that was one of the hardest things to constantly have to do because I I would get bullied over it I would get made fun of like Some girls would be so mean to like flip all the shoes up, you know, and then watch me and laugh and blah, blah, blah. You know, the fact that I had to do it. But some of those same girls now in adulthood came back and be like, I remember you doing that. And that was super cool. And I'm like, wow, so all that torment, you know, at least it was for something good later, you know?
1: I still have my shoes right side up. I'm like, I cannot let it go the other way around. We cannot show that. that so God. awesome.
0: That's crazy. And I know you said you traveled all around the world and I can't wait to to talk to you about that. But I'm curious, when you went to Morocco, was that something that you saw in any in, in anywhere in Morocco or in any other Arab country? Did you see that same behavior? The shoe flip. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Gosh, I was yeah. like, I wonder if it's just my family, but No, tell me it's all Arabs or all Muslims, but
1: yeah, he totally inspired that journey. And there was definitely a lot of shoe flipping, but by the time I got to Morocco, I had it on point. Like I had it on lock. My stuff was right. (laughs) So
0: (laughs) that's so awesome. So you got to Milton Hershey, you were 10 or 11, sixth grade. Did you have any
1: other family that came to
0: Milton Hershey or?
1: It was just me. Okay. Do you have siblings? Um, I do, but they're all halves and none of them went to Milton Hershey. So I didn't really know them growing up. Yeah. yeah
0: and where did you where'd your mom and your dad did you live with your mom and your dad or just your mom or your dad just kind of my mom or
1: of my aunt but
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah and yeah. They live when you got to Milton Hershey where'd they come from
1: they were in Philadelphia at the time yeah. but I actually went to Gerard College another boarding school before I went to Milton Hershey I so. didn't know that and what was that like that was more like prison but it <laughs> yeah. like group showers and stuff because they had like one little thing that would like spout out in like six or seven different, different directions wow. and we all had to like shower together and someone would watch and <laughs> wow. where was that that was that was philadelphia oh my
0: goodness i've never even heard of that boarding school
1: how, oh, how yeah. long were you there I was there for quite a few years I got there pretty young and like they were able to do corporal punishment so like beat us and like oh my goodness yeah we had to like the same uniform and like it was that was rough (laughs) walking a line
0: (laughs) wow wow you might be the first person that I talked to that had been in another boarding school that before Milton Hershey and what a terrible experience yeah that's that's like being in a bad foster home (laughs) yes Wow, that's nuts. So what was the transition? How did your mom or your aunt find out about Milton Hershey to then
1: get you out of that one and into Milton Hershey? So I think because like throughout college at that time they were stopping, they didn't wanna keep us on the weekend maybe because of funding issues. Mm -hmm. Um, At that time, my family couldn't provide. So she was like, we need to find a place that actually provides during the weekend in the summer. Um, And so that's how she started looking and found it. Wow,
0: that's awesome. It is. Glad they found it, yeah. And Milton Hershey also very tough experience, obviously, but probably didn't compare to that experience. It did. Wow. So in Milton Hershey, did you did you do any sort of sports or other activities?
1: Yeah, so I played field hockey and I did um, wrestling with Robin, um, Robin Williams. So uh, yeah, it was good. It was, and I did That's pole so actually, awesome. bowling for one year. I wasn't that great. So okay, uh, <laughs> field hockey
0: was so hard. <laughs> hard I think I tried it like once or twice and he you did and hated it yeah you did. <laughs> I was like this is just not for me I can't if I get hit in the shoe in the shin one more time like you just, did, and the discipline of it like I had admiration for all of you guys who stuck with it because it is hard all that running like running and like running low like that I just I couldn't yeah honestly all sports for me was tough as far as like the discipline and sticking to it like the commitment. oh yeah i had issues with that i wasn't such a good committer right. uh, dedication of it yeah unless it was like super fun you know <laughs> otherwise i was like ah eh. i wasn't <laughs> like team player athlete it takes a lot to, to to be a part of that but i always again i had admiration for people who did because that i was missing that i think before, yeah. did the other boarding school have sports or anything
1: I don't remember. It was really militant. I don't feel like we had anything.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. That's tough. So uh, when you got when, so you you were saying earlier um, that a lot of the time that you spent with me at Deer Park helped inspire what you decided to do after oh, yeah. Milton Hershey. So tell me tell me more about that. It was pretty
1: amazing. I was like, okay, this person speaks Arabic. This person loves you. Love to dance. Like you we were doing belly dancing and stuff. And then you had like the shoe thing, you would block the door when you were praying, (laughs) which I was just like, what is happening? Um, And that was really inspirational to me because I felt like it, it all felt positive to me though. Like, so it was a really good thing. And so when I got to college, I was like, I need to learn this language. I need to learn more about this culture. It's so beautiful um like the food the music everything the movies which are super dramatic especially out of egypt yeah. um but
0: <laughs> yeah sure I was, like,
1: totally inspired by you so when everyone asks me they're like why did you study arabic they're like is it 9 11 i'm like no that's one of my roommates Wow! and i just give so- the whole story
0: <laughs> that is so awesome and again yeah. i didn't know to that degree but i feel so good that i was part of that that journey for you
1: that's so cool. Did you beautiful. did
0: you ever hear or know about Arabic before that?
1: Um, not really. And I remember meeting your mom and her basically yelling at y'all in Arabic, but it seemed like so passionate and out of love, right? Like it was, it was all positive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I just wanted, like I wanted that in my life. So. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, our culture is very, it's, it's a
0: strong culture for sure. Like very strong, but so hospitable. Like, that's Mm -hmm. one thing I do love that I take from my culture is like, I love being hospitable to people, feeding them, taking care of them, you know, like making it a good homey environment kind of thing. I think that, Mm -hmm. that my mom passed that to me a lot. Mm -hmm. The shoe thing definitely was a tough one. (laughs) Um, Yeah. She, she helped us a lot with that though. Like till this day, I don't like shoes flipped upside down like that. And I don't like food to be on the floor. That was another thing food on the floor or or a qur'an or a bible or anything like that on the floor is yeah like, we're all about principle like this should be high yeah. up it should not be on the floor yeah little things like that and it's stuck with with me all my life now
1: and was fine apparently cuz it was just amazing and i remember being in morocco and i stayed with a a single mom with two kids and she was like men might be the head of the families but women are the neck and we know exactly how to turn and guide oh, them it was so amazing the same
0: exact thing that is cool I guess that's an Arabic expression too that I because I've never heard that outside of an Arab saying that that's awesome but it's very true it's true we help to guide I think women in general help to kind of guide the emotional you know long-lasting decisions that happen in family and stuff like that yeah that's yeah that's great that's (laughs) cool so where are you from what is your background like ethnicity where where were you born in the states
1: Yeah, so I was born in the States. Um, I didn't know my father well, but I got to know him about him later because he passed away. Mm -hmm. Um, But he is Latino, which is really cool. I just reconnected with my brother after 17 years and I learned that. I did do ancestry, but it doesn't pick up, I guess, everything. You have to have a male person to get whatever you're missing from your DNA. So Mm -hmm. my brother told me like he filled in the rest of it. So that was pretty amazing. Um, Yeah.
0: Wow. That's awesome. And you, you were born, were you born in Pennsylvania?
1: I was born in Virginia. Both of my parents were in the military.
0: So, oh, wow. They were both in the military. What branch?
1: Navy. Um, I was born nine months before my brother, who I just reconnected with. So I guess we're like Irish twins or whatever they call it. Yeah.
0: That's <laughs> so cool. And look at you now, you're working within the government and such a, such a niche area, like you said, and that is such a powerful area I, I read in there um, now that you're, you're working in the digital crimes unit
1: yeah
0: I mean digital crime is probably the the I would say the highest level of crime right now that happens more than we know about you know because it's I mean between hacking and cyber crime and sooner or later I'm sure it's already happening now but we don't get to hear about it
1: cyber terrorism you know all oh kinds yes um, And it's pretty, it's pretty entrepreneurial, at least at my company, because my boss actually started this department. He felt like there was a need for us to be a little bit more proactive, where we saw folks using our products and services for bad things. And so he was like, let's look at child exploitation. Let's look at this. And why are we letting it stay on our networks? Like, why aren't we combating this? And so that's where we came to play. And I'm helping him with that effort. That is so awesome. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So we're going to get we're going to get back to that. I'm going to start from the beginning. So when you graduated Milton Hershey, what was your next step? Uh, did you go straight into college?
1: I did. I went straight into college. I We were all in the gym and we had to run to our first, like where we thought we wanted to major because we didn't really have a good computer system then. And I ran straight to the Arabic table with like 50 other people and they only had room for 10. <laughs> wow. So that's that so cool. and what college did you end up going to I went to Middlebury College and then um I did I was an Arabic major then I went to Johns Hopkins to learn something that would help me um which was basically I got a master of science in computer science so I was just trying to like take it to the next level um because I feel like language will always help you but I needed something a little bit else like to wow. take it to the next level you got yeah.
0: to be extremely highly intelligent I mean, just to yeah. a different language is, and especially a very difficult language like Arabic and then to, to, to yeah. get into, you know, analysts, uh, exploitation analysts, that is, I'm pretty sure if you've ever tested your IQ, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's like through the
1: roof. <laughs> I think um, I also just had the passion yeah. though. And I think learning Arabic could have been harder, but I, because I love the music and the like the movies and all that stuff. I love reading um, that really helped. So.
0: Oh, that's great. You know, I'm trying to, to, to make sure I pass Arabic down to my daughter, but I'm not doing a good job. But now like you're inspiring me now because I want her to have the language. I want her to be bilingual. And I mean, who better to teach you than at home? You know, oh, So amazing. To learn. And I could be talking to her daily, making my Arabic stronger, giving her a second language. So now, yeah, you're inspiring me to get back to it. I, I, I remember it and then I forget again. And then I remember yeah. it. Yeah. So absolutely. It's so important. It's so yeah, I agree.
1: Important.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> after college, then what, what was your next step?
1: So I went to work for the federal government and I loved it. I was like, okay, I'm using Arabic. I can go to the Middle East. I can eat all the food I want. Like, <laughs> yeah, the food, but, um, Snowden came out during like while I was with my first employer and I was like oh my gosh what's happening with the government like are we doing something that's bad and so I decided to go to law school to figure it out because I hate 100% relying on the media to educate me and so I decided to go to law school at night which was brutal but I I had to learn for myself what was happening if it was okay so wow
0: that's amazing that you see something like that and instead of you know being in fear or like just taking in whatever info is, is flying at you from all these probably not good sources you were like you know what let me just invest my time and energy and oh, yeah. figure it out for myself did you do, you do you did you ever have any plan of law school before that
1: so I I actually did want to go to law school to be a criminal um lawyer like maybe a prosecutor defense attorney I wasn't sure yeah. but as soon I graduated in 2007 and they were like do not go to law school. The market's crashing. Like this is not going to work out unless you're independently wealthy, like do not make this investment. Yeah. And I really, at the time I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think I can do it. But then I was like, wow, that was really smart. Like the industry did crash. Yeah. Like people had so much debt. And yeah. so I'm, I'm happy. I listened to them and I went back with definitely more focus after having some life experience.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes, especially to cut to, to uh, tackle a degree like that, you need life experience to help you, you know, yeah. what you're about to experience with this very difficult degree because law school mm-hmm. is not easy. And I right. think it does take a specific level of uh, maturity that you get only through a certain age.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, so that's, that, that's good that you did listen and, and it allowed you to have that time Oh, yeah, mature and, and grow up a little bit more yeah that's great and law school how long was that for you was that four years
1: yes it was four years every night monday through friday from like six to ten wow. um after work wow. <laughs> so like don't recommend if you don't have to but like <laughs> it was brutal but i was so determined i was like i can't just quit like i gotta do this that's awesome.
0: And what kind of what kind of work were you doing during the day, during that time?
1: I was doing a lot of Arabic work and um, like open source intelligence, trying to get people actually to understand culture within the Middle East um, and not take such a negative spin on it because there's so much beauty. There's so much beauty. Um, and so I was like that maybe cheesy person like in the office <laughs> who we'll always bring yeah. out the positive in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's what I did. Wow, that's
0: great. That's so... I I really can't, I could wrap my brain around it, but it's just so beautiful that you got into something so like unique and specific. And especially after 9-11, like, I don't, not a lot of people knew who, what Arab was. Like the Middle East was very not known. Islam, you know, was not very well known until 9-11 happened. And then it kind of put a spotlight on it. And then Mm -hmm. that spotlight came so much ignorance because again, not many people didn't know anything except now what the media was teaching. I remember at that time, I think it was my 10th or 11th grade year, 9-11 happened in uh, 2000, 2000 right 2001 it was 2000, yeah was it 2000 or 2001? It 2001 2001 yeah 2001 so I was in 11th grade when mm-hmm. it happened and I was working at like KFC you know for our little whenever we could have a job I was I remember I was working at KFC and I remember I was like making the sandwiches and stuff and a lady had come in and you know they ordered whatever I make their sandwiches and we put it in the bag and stuff and I saw the lady like talking to the manager and then the manager comes back to me and he's like um let me get you on a different station and he put me like all the way in the back making the mashed potatoes and I'm like I never am back here making the mashed potatoes or anywhere back here doing this stuff I'm always doing the stuff up front and I'm like what happened and he's like oh that you know lady kind of place she just doesn't want you making her food and I'm like oh this is that so I'm like this is dumb I'm I'm not gonna be back here in the hotness making these mashed potatoes I'm gonna go back not, up you know yeah, yeah. So I came back up front and the lady's like, excuse me, I'm gonna need my food remade. I don't want that one touching my food. And I'm just like, why? And she's like, you Arabs. And I'm just like, what? And I still, at that time, didn't know that she was making that correlation between 9-11 and me. That was the very first time it was like directed at me. And I was like, oh, okay. That's why, you know? that was actually the first time I experienced any sort of racism,
1: which is crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean, I experienced it growing up in South Central, you know, the Hispanics didn't like the Arabs, the Arabs didn't like the Hispanics, the Hispanics didn't like the black people, the black people didn't like the Hispanics. all of that. I experienced it, but I was so young and not a lot of it was like directed at me, except especially by an adult like that. And so public. So that was like a necessary experience, but I was like, wow. But I, I did, I saw, the complete ignorance around the culture like you guys didn't it's even terrible. know what we were before this and now it's like yeah people, yeah. people would be like where are you from cereal I'm like Syria uh, yeah it was just so like ignorant. Wow. but you know we, we were all I think at that time we were all so ignorant to to culture and ethnicity mm-hmm. like we True. weren't really taught how to embrace it on Milton Hershey we, we didn't know how to embrace diversity as a whole, let alone our culture or anything like that. We were yeah. just kind of like that. And I hope that is different now for the youth. But it it's, is.
1: Uh,
0: yeah. I, I feel like it is because social media is now helping to like show off your culture.
1: Diversify. And,
0: yeah. And kids are embracing that. You know, I see like these little 12 year olds dressing up in their culture or they're doing their little dance, which is so interesting. So I think Society as a whole, with the help of social media, is helping people embrace their culture a little bit more and teach it to others, you know, which is great. Before so. we hardly saw stuff like that, you know, I agree. So wow. I think that, yeah, that's it's all work in progress. I think now people forgot about Arabs for a while. Now it's like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for now the racism is back on African-Americans. Then you have, you know, these Asians that are being attacked everywhere, which is such a, so crazy
1: to me. I like, can't even understand it. It's I just, can't understand it. Right. It's bizarre.
0: Understand it. Yeah. And it's so important that people, people like you get into such small niches of areas that people don't really focus on because those will be the areas next that people will be talking about 50 years from now that are like we should have been focusing on that earlier we yep. before it gets crazy like right now you have cyber bullying which is out of control <gasps> yes. out of control you have all kinds of hacking that happens stealing of you know people
1: ransomware yeah.
0: yeah but this cyber terrorism thing is only going to get worse um, mm-hmm. so it's these small niches that help like teach people help people figure this stuff out before you know it figures us out first right I agree like we're playing catch up yeah. yeah so after um after your law degree what did you during this time when you were working were you traveling yet yeah.
1: yeah so I was deploying at the same time so I was like a hot mess like I was late to class I missed several classes but they were they were so flexible and supportive. I mean, which think, thankfully. Um, but yeah, I definitely had, I was required to like go to the Middle East quite often. And so I didn't miss quite a bit of my first year, but I still managed to pull it off and yeah. stick with it. So,
0: <laughs> you know, and that's so awesome. I think that is a quality that so many milts have. Like, we are such, we are so like, like bendable flexible we we will stretch ourselves just make things happen we have such grit you know like so many milts i've talked about where the average person would not be able to make something like that happen like the average person it's one or the other they'll quit this whatever but a milt is so relentless and so Mm -hmm. resilient that we have done and been through such hardcore like you said like it was hard, but that determination was like, no, nope, I'm yes. going to make it. Happen. I don't care what it takes. Yes. And that is I such agree. a strong quality. Again, I hear younger people talk these days and they're so overwhelmed by college and they don't even have a job and they're just doing classes and they're so overwhelmed. And I'm just like, are you kidding happening? You? I know this is cake. If I could have just gone to school and, and that's all, that's my job. That's my whole thing. And just get through class, man. Must be
1: nice. <laughs>
0: must be so nice. Like we, we juggled three, four, five different things. Full-time school, full-time work. Cause who else was paying for our, yes. school, our books? or this outside of the scholarship that we got? Like we had, we went, we came from poverty to go to such a prestigious school to graduate. That poverty that we came from never changed not like family became rich while we were there you know like (laughs) we still came out and had to to hustle and grind you know we did not work so many jobs in college
1: yes Yes. oh my
0: gosh (laughs) our resiliency only got stronger after that because we we still had no safety net
1: right 100 percent that feeling
0: yes wow (laughs) so after once you got your degree then what
1: So I was still working, and I was like, I need to find someone who's going to hire me as a lawyer, (laughs) which is really tough, um, because I wanted to do work that mattered, Um, and I loved working on Middle East initiatives, especially since I I felt like I was spreading positivity, Mm -hmm. um, and I felt like we could be blinded by the acts of, like, one or more terrorists, right, not think about Mm -hmm. the big picture or think outside of the box, Um, and so I actually ended up, well, actually, when Trump came in, I did leave the government, because I did... (laughs) didn't want to work for him I
0: yeah. can't um
1: and so that's actually when I went to Microsoft and I was like okay do I have an opportunity here um I flew out here to Seattle and just gave my best I started as a engineer um security engineer and then I talked to the president of our company and I was like hey I would love to work as a lawyer as well I have this background I think this this fusion of things, um, like speaking languages because Microsoft is global. I was like, I can help with like our Middle East folks. I can help with people in Latin America. And he was like, sure, you can be a lawyer here if you want to. Um, And so now that's why digital crimes makes a lot of sense because we're actually analyzing like servers and like um, reverse uh, engineering things and we're trying to make our arguments our legal arguments and we have to actually make it to different markets like in the Middle East for why certain things shouldn't happen so yeah (laughs) wow
0: that's so incredible and it's so smart like it's so (laughs) high tech that it's hard for even my brain to to understand so what what are some of the examples of the things that you guys fight fight against
1: So I'm, right now I'm on the malware team, um, but as anyone who's like, okay, let's go into like the cloud and I don't know, let's fish people or spam people or, kind of push child pornography on people. And we really go to combat that. We have investigators who detect it. And once we find it, we take it to the courts to get rid of it, right? Like it's basically a restraining order against it. We'll take down domains. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll make sure that certain host providers don't host these sites or these malicious actors Mm -hmm. um, who actually allow these people to continue to engage in child pornography. Like if we see it, we're gonna stop it, end story, right? right? Um, And so that's something that I'm really passionate about. It's like making a difference there. It's a company that's not ignoring the issue. So I love that.
0: That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like it's now more than ever, child pornography and anything like that on the internet is such a terror. I mean, you talk about terrorism. That, that is terrorizing our children's safety.
1: Yeah. Like
0: that, it's like a drug where they yeah. say like, this is a gateway drug to this pornography yeah. of that kind is a safe or is a transition into becoming a pedophile like and that, that's what happens the other day you try it yeah they
1: do set up catfish sites they'll start with like just sharing it and then they'll be like oh let me take a really nice looking guy set it up here to lure people in and mm-hmm. like maybe he like loves cartoons or whatever so he's gonna post about that so kid's gonna post back and the next you know they're doing a meetup Right. And so that's the kind of things we try to get well ahead of. Right. Like, let's even go beyond the child pornography. We can stop oh, it.
0: Oh, my goodness. And yeah. this, I'm so glad there are people like you who are, who do this with such passion because mm-hmm. it makes such a difference, especially now with all this human trafficking that's happening. Oh, yeah. Again, these are the issues that, that are not being exploited enough.
1: Right. Like, yeah,
0: they're being exploited. People talk about it. You hear it on the news here and there, this and that. But to the rate, that is happening
1: mm-hmm.
0: is nothing in comparison to the rate that people are talking about it and trying oh, yeah. to do stuff against it and you know coming together and you know really talking about it. I mean, mm-hmm. no, I understand people don't wanna see stuff like that constantly. It's almost right. like you, you wanna be blind to seeing it every day because you're trying to protect your brain. I get right. that. I, I hate seeing stuff pop up because it depresses me. It makes me scared mm-hmm. constantly. I fear for my daughter. But there has to be something that is constantly reminding us of what we can do to help stop this or yes. or be aware of of what's happening yeah and talk about it more i agree yeah like it's something fundraise yeah. towards yeah. an agency that is doing something towards this because it is yeah. i i for one as a mom I, I literally fear for my daughter's future every single day. And that's yeah. probably because the way I grew up, you know, when you grow up with lots of trauma, you kind of see the world from that, that gla- mm-hmm. that perspective. Whereas when you grow up, you know, where you don't, haven't really witnessed so much trauma, you see it in a different perspective. Oh, yeah, I agree. I feel like I, I see the world in a very defensive kind of perspective, which is good and bad. You know, I'm more aware teach my daughter the streets and different things and how to create boundaries and all of those things oh, yeah. you know but this cyber stuff is so scary and I see I see and I don't judge you know if you want to have an Instagram for your six-year-old great and if you want your 10-year-old to have their own TikTok account that's fine I, I'm not one to judge anyone's parenting style but I do also understand like the the danger like oh, yeah danger i've seen documentaries where kids are lured you know yes. into doing and and you know what's so crazy um i'm so glad that i can actually ask someone about this because um the, the sister in law I, I said that you remind me of she told me a story once of these two uh, and this is so sad i apologize for bringing something like this up no but when she told me about it it rocked my world mentally and i'm like how can this even happen you know who how who is stopping this right he um told me about a story that that happened in dubai because that's where they live where these two sisters jumped off a building and killed themselves (laughs) and they were like well off family beautiful sisters super well off happy life kind of (laughs) thing and they were like 14 13 14 something like that what they found out was these girls had been following this guy on the internet this idea—it was—it's called the Blue Whale Challenge, um, and this was maybe like five years ago or something like that. And the Blue Whale Challenge is some guy who was out of Russia who who created. He started to kind of um, find kids. He created like this trend on the internet, uh, finding kids, and it's eventually what happens is he exchanges a few emails with you or something like that. Then if he says that you're you qualify for this challenge with him, then he'll set you up on what it takes. And basically what it is, is he has a criteria of lonely, sad kids that are missing something in life. Even if it's not money, it's something else. And he gets them on this challenge. So for like 30, 45 days, he has them check in with him at night and he gives them a, a, a challenge. Like, I want you to, um, on these headphones listen to this music and it's like a dark dark song very dark and i want you to cut yourself on your wrist take a picture and email it to me and and i want to make sure that you've listened to the entire song that's your first challenge the next challenge the next day is to like find a building climb to the very top look over the edge for 30 seconds the next one is listen to this other song climb up the building look over the edge weird things the next one is stay up all night tomorrow no sleep 24 full hours of no sleep you're not allowed to sleep and the way he checks in is you're online with him the whole time so he makes sure you're not asleep and you're building this relationship with this guy in secret you're keeping it secret from all everyone in your life doing these challenges and these challenges were designed to depress and isolate the person even further dark music desensitize them to high high um, uh, buildings stuff like that looking over the edge desensitizing that fear dark music slitting your throat no sleep staying up for hours their serotonin is changing and then on the 30th or 45th day your last challenge is to commit suicide to show your uh, loyalty or whatever and these kids are doing it kids in india uh dubai like random all over the world this blue whale challenge was happening and I think eventually they caught him arrested him whatever but I think when I read the story it was like 14 kids Costa Rica like how in the world did someone do this he didn't have physical access to these kids but he They killed themselves for him and what he was doing like that to me when she told me that story I'm like are any of our kids safe God like yeah. I don't even let my daughter I won't when she's 10 I won't be letting her walk up the street by herself. Mm-hmm. But now I have to be afraid of her being on the computer at 14 years old you know yeah. who she's talking to like that, that challenge to me was one of the most craziest things I think I've ever heard oh. when it came to like cyber bullying or crime.
1: It's scary. And
0: that's the kind of stuff. No, I've asked people, have you heard that blue whale challenge and only, only one person. And that was Rima. And that's because the two girls, it happened in her country.
1: So, wow. That's terrifying, but it's, and I mean, especially with COVID kids are actually online a lot more now yes. parents who try to like limit that. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. Wow. And they're
0: fighting depression and not being able to see their friends and all of these things. It's just, and you see all these other documentaries of just like cyber bullying at its worst, you know? It, it's just, yeah, there needs to be more, just like we've always said, there needs to be, you know, more uh, something, whether it's discipline or talk or whatever it is to help with physical human or like face-to-face bullying. Now it's like, yeah, and that hasn't even been solved. It will never be solved, obviously there will always be some sort of bullying, but now it's like double whammy with this cyber stuff. Cause it's even harder to stop it.
1: It is. And it's harder to detect, detect it as well. Um, yeah. And I think a lo- it's actually hard to get people to even work in these industries. Cause I think people, once they do have kids or even just once they realize how the world really works they're just like, mm-hmm. I don't want to see this. Like it, it does make me depressed. And so like, I'm okay with seeing a therapist yes. for this. Um, because I I am passionate enough about like combating this issue Um, and some people you know they just don't just avoid it altogether right because it it is depressing yeah Um, Yeah. and I I just take one for the team I'm like that's why therapists exist I'm gonna hit them up every Monday and you know here we are yes (laughs) absolutely it is taking one for the team and I appreciate Mm
0: -hmm. you putting yourself in the line of fire mentally and emotionally to to be able to help you know combat this in some some way because yeah. the more people who do stuff like that to help them that's you know the more we can help at least reduce the amount because it's only going to get worse so if we yeah. don't have equal power or something fighting against it it's it's just going to ravish our you know humans are crazy yeah and the way human trafficking is being monetized <sighs> right now is it's just unbelievable i really 100 percent worry for these kids
1: Same our future. Um, I had a therapist who actually said, if you don't do it, someone else will. And I was like, oh, but then I realized that no one actually stepped up to the plate. And so I started working with that group legal hope to help victims of domestic violence, especially with COVID. Cause there was a really large increase of people being abused at home to include kids. And we had like three cases come in and I was already overwhelmed. And my, my counselor at the time, who I got a new one, he was like, Oh, someone else will cover it. And then I watched for months. They just sat there suffering. And I was like, Oh my gosh, no one else is going to actually step up to the plate oh. for whatever reason. They're not going to step up. And I'm like, I got to make room for this. There's no way I can just let the people like stay underneath the bed. The kids crying. There's no way. So yeah, it's really interesting.
0: That's that's so. Mm-hmm. It's so sad and it's so true. And that that mentality of oh someone else will will do it is just such a. And I get it. Some it's some people's coping mechanism to yes. avoid you know blinders can't can't see it. And I totally understand. Don't judge it. But the fact that you choose not to do that is incredible Damn. yeah it is and and i'm so glad you you chose the route of mental mental health and therapy because it's so we all need it we too. all absolutely need someone to release all of these things to you know whether yeah. sometimes family and friends is just not enough because there needs to be someone qualified yes. to talk through some of this stuff yeah mm-hmm. i know i know 100 for me it It is so hard for me to see that stuff. Like instantly I hear something about a child getting hurt and like the choked upness is up to my chin. Like I just feel it all the way up here. My body tenses and I just feel so afraid and almost hopeless for my daughter's future. So the fact that I know there's people like you out there fighting it and caring makes me feel like less hopeless. (laughs) That hopeless feeling is so hard as a parent. Like you just feel so not and i the, not in control cuz i yeah. like can't protect her forever you know so true but yeah just the more education the more awareness you know mm-hmm. the more we teach our kids kids are so grown we we think that they're that they can't handle certain things and certain information they absolutely can and they'll be yeah. better off for it
1: 100% yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. So, so 2018, you're, you've been with Microsoft since then and the pro bono work. That's amazing. First of yeah. all, domestic violence is another issue that I think needs so much spotlight on, especially when it affects the kids. I mean, mm-hmm. especially now during COVID, like you said, I mean, it's probably skyrocketed. I'm sure
1: the strength, yeah. being home, all of that. Yeah. especially with minorities and the one thing everyone saw the case I think her name was like Gabby Petito yeah. or whatever the white woman who yes. was like in the van yeah. traveling yeah. Yep. and and of course that case they get a lot of attention because she is white and yeah. that's what really bothered me because I was just like yeah. most of my clients are actually not white like this yeah. and they they get ignored and that really ticks me off yeah we have so many people here like either from Afghanistan or wherever who don't even they have language barriers um and they just they're not gonna be in the media, right? No one cares, like, and that's, that's, it's terrible, but yeah, it definitely needs more attention.
0: Yeah. And you know what? It's, it's like disgusting that it gets Mm. that much attention and the other 15 people simultaneously that's that's happening to, and probably on a worse scale gets zero. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Stuff like that really bothers me too. Cause I saw that, (laughs) I saw that case. And after a while I'm like, okay, we know he probably killed her and killed himself. Mm -hmm. Like why is this such an unsolved mystery? You know what I mean? Yeah. When you have like these other people, uh, I just, saw a Netflix show, um, yesterday and it was like a 30 minute documentary, but at least they did the documentary. And it was about this girl named Latasha. And she was a 15 year old who was shot in the hood by this Asian, uh, liquor store owner. And she was shot in the back of the head. She had a carton of orange juice that she was going to bring back to her mom and $2 in her other hand that was there to pay for that orange juice. And she was shot in the back of the head. Like and the lady got, got, I think she got uh, five months probation, 10 months um, community service, like no jail time. And she shot a 15 year old in the back of the head. Like, okay. like how, how did this happen? And how, why is this not being publicized? And this mm-hmm. happened like in 1999 and Netflix Christ. is just now doing a story on it. And it wow. was like a 30 minute documentary. Like what in the world? You know, that's just stuff like that. Yeah. The domestic violence too. I watch, unfortunately, I watch a lot of those documentaries. I love crime
1: stuff.
0: So. <laughs> but yeah, it does. It, it it's it's such a terrible rate. And again, I don't know what it is about society that's like, mm-hmm. we don't want
1: to talk about this every day,
0: you know? Right. Or they only wanna market it to the people, obviously, who do want to see it for whatever yeah. reason they have, you know?
1: Yep, but- only the missing white girl, only the missing whatever, like, I'm so, that's, that part's wrong. But- yeah. And
0: you know what, I, <laughs> what else I've learned through being, like, watching all these documentaries, the way that they assign the reporter to the story is so uh, strategic. Like, you have these these, just low grade reporters who they attach to these stories that they believe are also low grade, and then mm-hmm. you have these high end reporters who are so well known and they get the story yeah. like the white lady, you know, mm-hmm. like stuff like that. I feel like this is so unfair. And then this story gets five minutes. This one gets a whole forty seven minutes. Like it's just <laughs> yeah, it's so unfair.
1: Yeah, it is. I wish I could change it. We, my organization that I um, I'm on the board for, we are trying to lobby for change within the state. So certain laws that just don't make sense are definitely um, catered to one race over another, or even a gender. We're trying to lobby for changes to get them to revote and change the law so we can actually do something. But yeah. that's like near impossible. But we're made, we're trying, right? No.
0: Like, yeah. It is, and and that's where it has to change. It has to change systematically. That's the only way it will change because otherwise we could talk about it until we're blue in the face, and then as soon as it ends back up in the system, that's how it's gonna turn back out again. You know, it has to be simultaneous. Like we shed light so hard on it, like we're not gonna keep doing this awareness until we these laws start to change. Mm -hmm. But again, if that changing of those legislative laws and the smaller laws, harder it gets. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's 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 an uphill battle for sure. But ba- these small steps and accomplishments are is what make the mountain start to crumble.
1: I agree. Yeah, yeah. and our and our vote as well. Sometimes you feel like it doesn't matter, but like just definitely look into your representatives and see who you wanna vote in office. And then from there, take it to the next level and like write to them, tell them what you want to see change. Um, And maybe it's like easier said than done, but like their inbox is open. It's the difference if they actually read it, but like we gotta try, so. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. Instead of like that hopeless, oh, nothings, we're just gonna go with it. Cause a lot of times we think the fight is so much bigger than our capability and it's not. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah the smallest little thing that can make a huge huge change yeah mm-hmm. like what you're doing it's like this guy started a whole department that he yeah. felt was necessary and now you know look at
1: you guys happening my boss is amazing but yeah i awesome. it's just it's fantastic yeah. But yeah. And again, we need to get out of the mindset of like if you don't do it someone else will. Cause I'm not sure that's true, yeah. right? And I had to get rid of a therapist as a result of that cuz I would have done nothing. I would have been part of the problem, right? Just watching it happen. Like
0: <laughs> cuz it is. It's a defeatist mentality. If if mm-hmm. I'm not somebody else will. Like that's already like, all right, I'm defeated. I'm not going to try. Someone else will probably do.
1: It. Like And if everyone says that, can you imagine? Like yes.
0: My husband and I always say this this to ourselves. If it's up to if it's going to be, it's up to me. And that's that's the mentality that everybody needs to have. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Like if and we're not saying you're gonna make this whole huge change all by yourself. No, but like you will make your part, and then someone else will make their part, and every, so you know. But at least you did your part, and that's what that you didn't pass your part to someone else who now has to do your part and the part yeah. that they want to do. Yeah, <sighs> like in the buck. Don't. Don't pass the buck. Right. Just deal with your part. See what you can do. You know, if you can't do this much, do this much.
1: That's that's. I love that because my therapist would say before I fired him, <laughs> um, yeah. you're not going to change the world. This and that. And I'm like, yeah, but I made a difference to that person and yes. that one person. And I'm I'm not trying to change the world. Like I know, like I can't do everything, but I'm making a difference to that one person, right? And that means a lot to me. Yeah. So,
0: so anyway. glad you're done
1: with therapist, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Cause
0: you yeah. that your brain and your passion. And I think your character work, you need someone who is going to keep throwing belief in you when you, right. when you're naturally mentally and tired, you need that person who's going to keep catering to that passion that, that you already have um, instead of putting it
1: out. You know? Right
0: incredible fire in you that not a lot of people
1: have it's like blowing at my flame like blow it out my- what are
0: you doing <laughs> smoldering my flame like get out of here you know like go smolder your own <laughs> i got my frame going <laughs> i need you to, i need you to fan it like fan. It. <laughs> <Yes. crazy>. wow <laughs> so what do you think is next like what do you see in the next 10 years what what are some of the goals you want to accomplish
1: um I think I'm really good with making a difference for like, again, that one person at a time. Um, And at my company, I know I can make a bigger difference with taking down domains that harbor, like um, basically internet sites that harbor child pornography or Mm -hmm. phishing and malware and all that stuff. Um, But I think I really just want to continue to give back, which Mm -hmm. is doing legal work for free. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, I also wanna to try to find some therapists who also give back. Cause a lot of my clients, uh, victims of domestic violence actually don't have a therapist they can like go to cause they freaking cause too much. Like I'm like, can I find one person who wants to give back to someone? And so I ended up doing like a lot of talks with them afterwards, right? Like whether they're like a black eye or whatever, and they want to talk about it, or they call me in the middle of the night. And I'm like, I would love to have someone who'd like to team with me to give back. Like you don't have to do it all the time, but I do find that that's really hard. So that's one of my goals is to find a group of therapists or even just one person who doesn't mind. Um, But I think giving back is going to be a part of it. Um, I'm enjoying my current job for now. And I think it's probably only gonna get more complex. So I feel like I'm in a good spot. Love Seattle, it's beautiful. Um, So yeah.
0: That's so awesome. Yeah. And you, you've you only just started your roots there. Yeah. But you have so much more work to do there and really like get, get yourself grounded and before you move on to the next thing. Yeah. And you know what? I, um, a while ago, I started a like a, a webinar with, with just MILTs. It was just four MILTs um, yeah. where I got four panelists who were all licensed therapists that were on the panel and they were all MILTs. Um, and it was wow. to do like a four part mm-hmm. webinar to talk about different traumas. We did one on relationships and different things that we thought would be extremely helpful to MILTS, you know? Wow. So many MILTS are, th- are licensed therapists. Uh, and wow. yeah, Angie, I talk to her very regularly. Uh, we're in a Bible group together. She does phenomenal therapy work. I have to say, that's great. Probably one of the one of the best therapists I've ever came into counter with, I have to say. And I'm not just saying that because she's a mill. <laughs> I told her this, like she has yeah. such a, a gift and she's so young to be so good and gifted really? at therapy. Like That's it's so
1: beautiful. Incredible,
0: yeah. Alfonso, another licensed therapist. Oh. He's doing phenomenal things. He's 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 been on radio shows now and he's working with so many other nonprofits, really right. himself. Johnny Alexander. Uh, oh wow. Yep. Licensed therapist. He was on my panel. Yes, doing great things. So if you want, I'll connect you with some of them. And then right. if they're not able to do it, maybe they maybe might know someone. someone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That'd be amazing. Yeah.
0: It is pro bono work is
1: so important.
0: Even it me, I, my husband and I are looking for a therapist now. And we're probably yes. going to go into the private sector because insurance is terrible. And it is. It, Therapists are are in such high demand right now. Mm-hmm. There's not even
1: availability because That's they're so around,
0: they have so many people. Yeah.
1: It you may not take insurance either, even if you have it. So uh, you have to just paying yeah. cash.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that, and honestly, we are so vested in our mental health that absolutely I would put 80 bucks a week mm-hmm. into, into meeting with someone. Especially that person is going to help me become better and give mm. me more capacity mentally. Yeah. Like it's an investment, you know? And of course we want it to be free, but when it can't be absolutely invest. And when we it can make it free through these types of connections,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how powerful is that? Amazing. That, that's what I mean. The power of connection, networking, collaborating. Hey, this is my passion. I, I would love to see if you can provide me a resource or could you be a resource Amazing. do this amazing, great thing. And so many milts will be hundred percent up for that.
1: That'd be amazing. Cause like, I reach out to folks out here and they're like, yeah, I'll work with that person for 200 bucks for 30 minutes. And I'm like, wow. And dude, so then we have to wow. do fundraising. Yeah. We have yeah. to do fundraising. Right. It. Yeah. It's just, wow. I can't even, it's mind boggling to me, but um, yeah, that'd be amazing. That awesome. Yeah.
0: I'm going to, I'll connect <laughs> all of you. So that way you could just start communicating with them and, yeah. And I'm sure either expand the network able they will find someone who would be because that is a especially domestic violence especially with kids that is a very necessary thing to focus on and to do pro, pro bono work as a person to help in that situation I think mm-hmm. more than happy
1: it's so you're amazing yeah
0: yeah <laughs> thank you for doing that mm-hmm. honestly like these are the things. These are the things, you know, you don't have to do that. You, you're also in a different sector, you know, professionally. And then to do something like this on the side and to pour even more energy into something like this is so incredible. Like it's this is this is the power of MILTS, what we do, who we are. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree. Yeah, that's really phenomenal. I'm so glad <laughs> we got a chance to reconnect
1: so am I <laughs> I
0: gotta come visit you oh my god I've been saying Please I want to Seattle for like 10 years and I it's have so not beautiful gone yes what's the best season
1: okay yeah definitely choose between like um excuse me June and like August
0: okay June and August okay yes the,
1: the mountains the water lots it's of fall. whale watching Here. you can see the crabs like going like the water is so clear it's just amazing
0: Oh yeah. gosh, whale watching. Yes. And mm-hmm. just the seafood eating. Oh, I would just- I love seafood. 40 pounds. Yes. And I'll do yes. that.
1: I love it's to- actually, you go to the store and you're like, wait, why is that crab like $20 a pound? When I walk out and I just see him like rolling by my feet. Like, <laughs> right. wow, that's so cool. so
0: cool. Oh, I'd love to see that. Yeah. I love that the, the ocean life is so vast
1: out there. It is. It's amazing. That's really cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So when you, um, tell me about your family life. Are you married yet?
1: So I'm married with dog. Okay.
0: Um, (laughs) Married with a dog. That's, that's so awesome. How long have you been married?
1: We've been married for about 10 years, I think. Okay. How'd you guys 10 years. We met in DC. We're both working for the federal government. Um, so yeah, that was actually at a a Barnes and Noble. I'm not sure if it still exists, but we met in a bookstore. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <we sure> do. <laughs> i haven't seen one in a hot minute out here so how um, yeah that's where we met so yeah. and you're fur mom how cute yeah I, <laughs> so a naughty little man but he's awesome um having these 15 yeah. pounds of terror but yeah, yeah. 15 how cute <laughs> two pounds of terror
0: <laughs> That's
1: great. I wanted him to be a therapy dog to give back to <laughs> like firefighters and stuff to go like you know make them feel good at the firehouse. Aww. But he failed his test because he licked the person at the end. He did everything <sighs> right, and then he was like lick. And <laughs> <they> were- <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> how cute. So <laughs> now he's like an unofficial <laughs> I can, therapy dog. I can't help
0: myself. How cute. <laughs> uh, can he retake the test?
1: he's old and stubborn now but like I was like oh, oh five thousand dollars down the drain like I oh <laughs> did everything so well because he's like going to hospitals and working with kids like to make you know get them comfortable because he doesn't so shit or awesome. anything he had to go in for the kiss so that is
0: hilarious he's like I get it from my mommy I can't I can't help it
1: was the life. last moment it was the last part she was almost like and you pass and he was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> I ever felt there Thank
0: you. Oh, that's okay. It wasn't meant to be. That's all right. That's so cool though. you're such a giver. Even your dog is a giver. Failed me. Failed no you. I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. So you think you're gonna stay in Seattle for a long time while you're with Microsoft or is your oh, job- when you go in, do you go in physically or are you working from home now? How does that work?
1: I actually go into the office because I really like human interaction. I love like yeah. getting to know people in a flesh. I think it makes our dynamics of working together a lot better. Yeah. Our forensic lab is also there. So like the investigators have to be on site. Yeah. Um, if we're working with the FBI or someone, we have to be on site as well. So I just go in. I have my own office, so I love it. Um, cool. But yeah, I, I do plan on being here for a while. Like there's not humid. Like I came from D.C. where it was like hot and sticky and we don't have that humidity out here. So I can actually yeah. put on makeup. I can like Me. straighten my hair. <laughs> yes, yes,
0: I know. Cause in, ugh, the humidity here is not, it's not, I don't have swamp, but
1: like, yeah. I remember that exactly. all of that.
0: Ugh, I can't, <laughs> I'm actually like enjoying the winter now. Cause I'm, if, if it's hot again, I, I just need to be in the water. Like if I'm not in the water, then I don't need it, you know, like, and who can be in the water all day, every day? Like, <laughs> God. Yeah. I'm not looking, I'm not looking forward to that part again. Let, this past summer we had the, the, I took her to the Hummelstown pool every day. So that was good. But now we're looking to move out of Lancaster. I don't know where we're going to end up. So the whole time, I'm like, how am I going to be close to water? Like, that's right. all I want. Like, cause next, this, this coming summer, I can't do a summer without water here.
1: Yeah. yeah. We're on a lake. So, and we like to go kayaking and all that stuff. It's just, it's so okay. liberating out here. I don't know. I really love it. So I'll probably be out here for a while and no state income tax. So yes, that's so important. <laughs> does
0: it rain a lot or is that like a myth?
1: I call it Avion mist. Okay. And so it does not rain a lot. Um, you will have some overcast, but it does. It's like more of a mist, which actually keeps my skin nice and dewy, if you will. So I don't have much of it. We don't have like the hardcore East Coast downpours, like yeah, where you okay. can smell it coming. And yes. then you got a haul butt to your car. Like we don't yeah. have <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah.
1: We just have like that, like I call it.
0: That's nice. That's mm-hmm. kind of like Ireland. Yeah. I had a cousin who lived in Ireland and that's how it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I like that. I like you know. I mm-hmm. love that weather. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow, yeah. that's awesome. How cool. <laughs> so do you think you you and your husband are planning for kids, or do you think you're not gonna have
1: kids, or what do you what do you feel with that? So we're probably not gonna have kids. Yeah. Um Mostly because I, I really, I kind of give back and I feel like I've, I already have a bucket of crabs. Those are my friends who <laughs> take yeah. a lot of my time <laughs> Yeah, and they also, um, they have their kids who they just drop off and or wow. dogs. So I feel like I'm good. Um, <laughs> That's cool. Definitely love kids, but um, I have enough that I get dropped off here to include my yes. friends. So <laughs> it is, it's
0: such a responsibility outside of the actual responsibilities. It is a mental Like it takes so much mental capacity once you become a parent. I actually never wanted kids, but, and that was a big reason. I wanted to be very selfish. Like I was just like, (laughs) I just already know what it's going to be like having to worry about another human for the rest of my life. So I've always been like, no, I want to be selfish. I want to live my whole life just thinking (laughs) about me, you know, and then, you know, Zavina came because my husband's an only child. So you know, the guilt trip of him being an only child and not continuing his generation, all of that. So eventually, you know, we became parents, but it is such, I have to say it is, it takes so much mental capacity. So I, I (laughs) I'll say that I don't envy you. that's awesome. Um, yeah.
1: I've definitely had kids dropped off though. Yeah, they, that's great. Things happen so
0: for them and for all the other kids in the world, whatever you think you're doing professionally. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I always told Chris. I'm like, you know, we could just do so much for other kids. Why, why add to the mix? You know, but I <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world. Zamina is amazing. She's made me a different person, which I probably needed that. I think, yeah. I think sometimes when God gives us parenthood, it's cause he's like, I want you to be this way. And this is the only thing that's yeah. going to get you to be a little bit more. Cause I was more reckless with my life. I think more like live on a, on a limb kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. parenthood really made me calm down, like really take life. At, yeah. More important kind of. Yeah. yeah. And I think I needed that. So yeah, Beautiful. pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So thank you so much again, girl. This was, this was so awesome. I learned so much and I have still so much to learn from everything it is that you're doing. It's so oh, yeah. great. Yeah. And I can't wait to share your story with other people. Cause I'm sure people still don't know, you know, the, the capacity that, that you have and everything you're doing. And it's inspiring, you know, people see the stuff you're doing, all the pro bono work, all the mental health things that you still want to give to and then that inspires them to be like I'm not doing enough. I ne- I could be doing more. And that's yeah. what it is. Like that's what yeah. this whole purpose is of this podcast of being a mill it's to inspire so we get more movement of of like you said positivity. Yeah, and I hope, hope. so.
1: It's just yeah. so nice catching up. I agree. Yes. Yeah, I it
0: <laughs> was. Now, for sure between June and August, I'm coming to Seattle. We, Let me know
1: if you do. Off. Yes.
0: Yes. Go eat. It's so beautiful
1: here. Dude.
0: Yes. I can't wait. I have <laughs> to stop saying it and just do it this next year, like January and on. I do plan on doing a lot of traveling actually, It'll at least within the States. Yeah. Yes. A lot of people to see. So yeah, definitely count on it between June and August. Hit me up. Definitely. Yes you <laughs> go is there anything that you want people to know any any um uh, social media platforms anything you want them to visit uh websites anything like that that will help promote you and what it is that you're doing
1: um legalhope.org is our the pro bono site that i um the pro, pro bono organization i work with um so definitely if they can help there that'd be fantastic um I'm on LinkedIn if anyone wants to connect. Like I, I love LinkedIn for everything. I get like inspirational, like little newsletters on there from folks and lots of nice tips for career. Yes. Um, if you want to be an entrepreneur, that's like, I mean, that's how you get to know people, connect and stay connected and see what they're doing in life as well. Wow. So definitely I'm on LinkedIn if anyone wants to connect.
0: And what's your name on LinkedIn? Is it Mia?
1: That's a great question. Okay. Let me see. Yeah,
0: because yeah, I, I don't even... I think I have you on LinkedIn. I think you it's I just, Maria uh, Mia. Maria Mia. Okay. Mhm. Just Maria Mia. Yeah.
1: Well, it's like that. LinkedIn.com slash Maria Mia. So, I
0: mean, I, I could also say
1: it. <laughs> I'll drop it in the chat.
0: <laughs> yeah. There we go. Oh, perfect. Yes. Cause I'm going to put that once I do your, um, your episode post, I'm going to put everything on there and I'll also put legalhope.org. Yeah. I'll
1: find it for sure. I love that.
0: Yes. And then I'm going to connect you uh, with some other milts in the mental health field so that you guys can start to talk and collaborate. Um, yeah. I can't wait to see what comes of that. Yeah.
1: Even if it's just compiling a list of like free work, free resources for folks, right? Like, Hey, yeah, maybe I can't help you, but here's a list of people who can, or, you know, the suicide phone number or whatever it is. So that's
0: it. That's it. That's all it takes. Is just a little bit, just a yeah. little bit, just a little referral, just a little connection, a little network. You never know who's you're going to meet that could eventually start to create more of what you're I agree. For. Yeah. Yeah. Again, thank you so much. I cannot thank wait. Thank you. Again. Yes. And say bye to everybody. Same.
1: Bye. Thank you so much. Exactly. <laughs> Ciao. Bye.